I'm excited. I like talking about prayer. I like to pray. And so it is a is a good thing. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve tabs open. Every one of them are different. So I've been at it today and it's been it's been a good day. It's been the last the last couple of days. So yeah, we should be good and live now. So welcome to Tuesday at the table, and uh, we are talking about prayer today. And uh, so it's going to be a good night. The, how it's going to flow is how I'm going to teach you how I pray, how I uh, do my prayer life, and and how I commune with God. And so. We're going to run over some scripture. We're going to run over a, not a ton of scriptures because there, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of scripture uh, that talks about prayer in, in the Bible. Um, it's only mentioned 82 times in the Old Testament and only 55 times in the New Testament. So it's not a ton, but it's still a lot. Um, we have different words that's used, but the majority being just two of them. And... Um, so it's it's and they 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 just translate to prayer and so it's going to be a a good time so i'm going to pray right fast and then we can we can get to jamming because i like talking about this stuff so father we thank you for being here with us because we have two or more and your word says that you will be here with us we bless you tonight we honor you and study in your word and and just bring in more understanding to our life. We are grateful for your spirit that brings truth. So, Father, we ask you tonight just to be with us. Guide every step here. We love you and we worship you because you are grateful. You are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. So, here we go. So, what is prayer? Well, it's simply communication with God. Um, we have it right off the bat in the Bible. Um, many, many scriptures that, that talk about it. Um, I mean, a, a ton. I mean, absolutely. Uh, Matthew 21, 13, he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of robbers. Matthew 21, 22 Whatever you ask in prayer, you shall receive it if you have faith. Mark 9, 29, he said to them, This kind did not, cannot be delivered out by anything but prayer and fasting. That's right. Mark 11 and 17. And he was teaching them and saying to them, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? Okay. This was talking, this was Jesus, and this had not had, had yet happened, but it was, he was talking about, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. And that was ended with a question mark. Like, ain't it, ain't it for everybody, Jesus is saying? He's like, everybody gets a right to pray to the Father. And in Luke, in Luke 6, it says, In these days he went out to the mountains to pray, and all night.
night he continued in prayer to God. Luke 19, saying to them, it is written, here it goes again, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Okay, same thing over and over and over again. Jesus makes it clear. I love Acts, Acts 1 14. All these things, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. Devoting themselves to prayer. Okay? Together with women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. All right? That's actually, you know, they, they are getting with it in prayer. All right, here's Acts 2 and 41. And they devoted themselves with prayer to the apostles, teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. So they were doing this every day. They were getting together. They were praying. They were getting together. They were praying. They were getting together at supper time. They were praying. They were getting together at lunch time. They were praying. Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. That's why Monday nights are so important. Monday nights should, if, if, anybody, if anything should be packed out, it should be Monday night. But it's the least amount of people that come on Monday night. Hmm? Sometimes it ain't but a few. But Jesus here clearly states that prayer is the most important thing. Prayer. My house. My house this house you us every believer should be a house a walking house of prayer this is what we are this is what Jesus has called us to be a house of prayer we should be walking Paul says hey don't stop pray without ceasing now a long time ago I took that as literal as the sun rising and I wouldn't talk to you I walked around for a couple of years that I didn't have anything to say to you because I was praying without ceasing in my mind in my lack of knowledge in my great passion and zeal I would not talk to a single soul <laughs> and this is when I was in ministry school and and uh, the Lord had grace on me and and uh, taught me a few things and, and and I learned how to disciple people after that and so I, I, I literally, I would just walk around praying all day long and I wouldn't disciple a soul. Um, but it, it, for me in ministry school, it was a time for me and God, it, especially my first year where I was, I was, I was, I was a zealot. <laughs> I was wild. And so it, it was a good time. It was a good learning experience. But I, I took that very, very literal. And so, and I believed it. Um, and I learned from it. I, I, I had, and there was there was many times. I mean, for months and months and months. I mean, I would I, I guarantee I would pray minimum 15, 16 hours a day. At minimum, I wouldn't go home. I would just stay at church, and I'd be there at 4:30 in the morning. I wouldn't leave till eight, nine, ten o'clock at night, and I'd get back up, do it again the next day. I just wanted to be with Jesus. That was it. And that's, that's all I did was pray and worship God. Yeah, so the, to, me, to, to me, those those intertwined like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, that was just, that was my flavor. I mean, that's what I'd love to do is pray and worship. 
And so I just took that very little. And uh, I mean, I would have people walk up to me and ask me questions. I'd look at them and be like, I'm praying, go away. <laughs> and just be downright rude about it. And it was, I was a mess. Uh, praise the Lord that God had mercy on me. Cause Oh, yes. Oh, very, a lot of revelation from that. And uh, do what? <laughs> yeah, she still married me. Uh, she'll tell you, I was, I was a wild one when it come to heaven. Uh, I wouldn't, nothing was getting in my way. Uh, and I would run you over doing it. And that, that's not wise. That's not wisdom. That's immaturity. Um, and, and, and I was, I, I love God. It, was, it wasn't that I love God. I just, I was not mature in God yet. And so I didn't know fully how to, um, not balance. Not balance is not the right word. Negotiate the two. I didn't know how to um, be calm without being in prayer, if that made sense. Like, I was, I was wide open. Like, I, I was filled with the Holy Ghost 24-7. I mean, I walked around intoxicated in the Holy Ghost almost all the time. I mean, that's why I didn't even drive. I didn't know. I was afraid Jesus was going to show up in my passenger seat. I can't afford to wreck this thing. I got stuff to do. So I was just like, hey, nah, I ain't got time for that. So it's just, it just was an awesome time in my life. And uh, I miss it. I, I, I miss being able to pray and to seek God 24 7 with no restraints. All right. So let's jump in back in the scriptures. Acts 3 1. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Okay. So they, religiously, they had several hours of the day, just like the um, Muslims do when they pray five times a day. They, they had hours of prayer, a very um, liturgical prayer times where they would go and they would read the benediction they would pray um, certain prayers and, 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 and so they locked in is it a religious thing? yes is it a good thing? yes there's a lot of things that I have learned um, from liturgical prayers a lot of things and a lot of good things and, and, and Jesus prays one and, and we're going to get to that and so, many, 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 many. Um, trying to find some good ones. So Peter kept was was kept in prison, being earnest prayer for him that was made by God to the church. Therefore, here we go. Prayer for him from a church, earnestly. They were earnestly praying to God. For Peter. All right. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside to the gates. This is Acts 16. They were, they were, they were supposed there was a place of prayer and sat down and spoke to a woman who had come there. I'm trying to place in my mind. Yeah. 
here we go again. Acts 16, 16. As we were going to the place of prayer. Were they talking about the temple? I don't know. Let's look at that right there. Let's look at Acts 16 and 16. Acts is one of those that right, Timothy joins Paul and Cyrus at 16. Oh, Deborah. So Paul and Silas in prison, as we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her own as we were going to a place of prayer. Now, where could exactly that have been? Temple? Synagogues? Meeting place? Center of the town? Center of the towns were known for being the meeting place. If there was something going on, it'd be the middle of the town. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a known place of a place of prayer. It wouldn't have been wouldn't have been written this way if it wasn't. It would have been different. All right, Romans one, love this. Always in my prayers, asking that somehow God's will. Man, over and over again, Romans twelve. Be consistent in prayer. Romans 15, I appeal to you, brothers, by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive everyone with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. Paul's talking about that. Be in prayer. All right. Was prayer unique to the Israelites? No, it wasn't. No, it was not. Samaritans did it. Who else did it? Everybody. Everybody in the whole Middle East did prayer in some form and fashion. The Egyptians, uh, Amon Ra, um, all the way to Ishtar. Same thing. You have the lament of Ishtar, or the lamentations of Ishtar. You have um, so many writings outside of the Bible that it talks about prayer the exact same way that we do, or the Hebrews did, the Old Testament. So many, so many. Now, where did we get this from? Did we get it from them, or did they get it from us? Or God. I want to say God. I won't say us, but... Did they get it from God? 
That is the question. Who was the first to pray? Where did they get it from? Well, if we take Scripture and from the beginning of time, we see a pattern that starts to be built. They definitely got it from, from God because you see a pattern of even before Noah because you I mean you look at you look at Enoch you look at Cain and Abel you know it's it's the call of Abraham you have uh, the Abraham uh, the sacrificial to Lot um, Abimelech so many going and going uh, what does it say um well, we know even before Exodus, the cries of my people, God says, I have heard the cries of my people. Well, they were praying. They were calling out to God. Uh, even before that, Enoch, we know that Enoch walked with God. And so there's, there's a communication there that is happening. Um, I mean, so much over and over and over that we see these, this pattern of communication. And that's simply, simply put is, is communication with God. That, that is, now you can put fancy words to it, but that's all it is. I mean, that's, that's, that's at its simplest state, it's, it's talking to the Father. Uh, now we just have Jesus Christ as our high priest that intercedes for us, but we go to the Father. I mean, just like, just how the Israelites prayed to God. I mean, they, yeah, they used the priest as a sacrificial promise. I mean, that sacrificial uh, uh, system. But they didn't go to the temple every day. They didn't go to the priest and they paid, prayed to the priest. No, they prayed to God. They had to get through the priest to be forgiven and cleansed and everything else. But they prayed to the Father every day. That was a good thing. Man, can, can you imagine just being at the, the, the tabernacle out in the wilderness and seeing the manifestation of God every day? Now, how cool would that? And this is not like a couple of hour ordeal. I mean, this is fire by night, pillar of cloud by day. He is right there sitting on the tabernacle. That is amazing. And then he picks up, and then we get all our stuff together, and we... Trace him through the, track him through the, the wilderness again. And he stops, we set up camp again, he falls back down, bam. And it's like, come on, how cool would that be? I know which way to face now. <laughs> it's like I can manifest, you know, I, I can see God. How cool would that be? You know, and just the smell, the aroma, the incense, the, you know, the, uh, it, I mean, think about it. It would be such a, a, a fragrant smell. These incense are burning. These bread is being baked. Um, a barbecue that's going on day and night. They're burning all kind of, uh, you know, nice oils and, and all this stuff. And this thing is a, I mean, a heavenly smell that's going on. at all the time. I mean, imagine that. That's awesome. But that's what the Bible talks about. Our, our prayers are going up as incense unto heaven. 
I mean, when we pray the will of the Father, that's what's going on. And we should be able to sense these things when we pray and when we uh, understand what, what our prayers are. It is the, the incense being burned. And that's, a, that's such a blessing to know that. Such a blessing to know that. All right. Genesis 4, 26. Let's jump it. Let's do it. 4, 26. Oh, yes. To Seth, also a son. Was a son. To Seth, also a son was born. And he called him name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. There you go. Bazinga. That is, that is. That is it. That's what I was looking I was going to get there. And it wasn't. Yep. Keep going down my list. It's going to pop up here in a minute. That was a good one, brother. Very good one. And so, getting back to the examples of, of prayer between the Israelites and, and everybody else, they definitely got it from God because that's where the sacrificial system come from. They are... They have taken that and they have polluted that. Um, and, and so they, they've done the same thing under, un, to our prayer. They, they found their deities and they have prayed to them. They've sacrificed to them. They've done exactly what God has asked us to do unto him, but yet they have perverted it. And they've done it unto a deity that's that's just not correct. And I hate that. I hate the, to, to see that because we have still that today in some form or fashion. We have the same thing that's going on. Um, when you study different religions, do you know that every religion out there has some, some form or fashion of Christ? Every one of them. Every one of them has some kind of sacrificial system, has some kind of um, God that they pray to, that they worship, and, and it's still the same thing that went on back then is still going on today. They're just not as violent. Well, some religions are. And, uh, How do you think Well, just because of all the The heresy that goes on. Um, do what? A lot of greed. A lot of that hyper grace, hyper, you know, it, it's not the will of the Lord. Um, and the Bible teaches, teaches about that. And, um, you know, many times, if, if we just took the four Gospels alone and just took it and dissected it down, we could find prayer easily extremely easily 
and uh, and we're going to do that here in a second. Ooh, yeah, Jeremiah. Yeah, Jeremiah. One one of the best is Jeremiah. I love Jeremiah. He 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 was not. So let's take Jeremiah for a second. So Jeremiah, so Jeremiah was a a priest, right? But he got called out of the priesthood to go against every everybody else. Imagine that. So imagine imagine me getting called out. From this church to go against this church while being in this church and now what's what's going to happen oh yeah persecution's coming and so yeah jeremiah was oh it would have been a tough position you know i'm like are you sure about that god and so um do what yeah he walked in a a tough time uh, yeah. So. Yeah, go ahead. The weeping prophet, the yeah, the lamenter. Yep. Right. 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 Yeah, the injustice was was bad then. And so it was, the, of course, the idolatry was bad and, you know, uh, letting wrong continue. That's another thing that we find common in church today um, is to let wrong continue. And, and that's got to stop. We wonder why we don't have visit, visitations from heaven. And it's because we have stopped calling sin, sin. And we have not put a stop to it. There's a difference between loving on people and continuing in sin. God never allowed sin to continue. He put his foot in their rear end. He made them make a decision to either, hey, fix it because I love you. Or don't fix it and I'm going to kick you in your rear end. Just like who? Your daddy does. That's a father figure. When it talks about, let's call him Abba, all right, the Hebrew word for father, that's what I expect out of God. And so we, we just have this massive grace movement that it's okay to do whatever you want to as long as you just, you love God. Well, no, if you love God, you wouldn't do that. Your love is a mockery, and it's a lie. Um, he is tired of lukewarm churches and that's why that's why destiny is going places right now is because people here are seeking him and it's, they're seeking him the right way and uh, when I when I first I guess last year sometime God told me when I came here um, he said make it holy that's what he kept telling me. Make it holy. Make it holy. I'm coming. Make it holy. And I heard that for months. And I told DJ that over and over again. I was like, we got to make it holy. Because God wants a place where he can rest. And his spirit can rest. But it's not going to rest where it's not welcome. 
It's just not going to happen. And so I, I am a firm believer in, in making, making these places holy. You do. That's right. We have a boy. You hit that one on the head. We have a imitation of godliness that's going on, and uh, one of these days, um, I want to do a teaching, and it's going to be going to be a tough one and uh, I can't I can't wait to do it it's about salvation and what the Bible teaches about salvation and uh, it's uh, I almost got my butt whooped over it one time and I'm like fight with the scriptures don't fight with me and they, they didn't like it I'm like sorry you don't like it it's what the scripture says I don't like the truth. You know, there's times in my life I didn't like the truth because it made me make a decision in my life. It brought the truth to the table, and I had to decide whether to accept that truth or to walk away. And I accepted the truth, even though it was, it was a burden. But Jesus says, hey, you know what? My burden is light, but it's still a burden. There was a cross you will bear every day, and I choose that because it's way better than what I had back then. And so, all right. Well, we got off. But it's good, though. Sometimes it's good just to talk. Yes, ma'am. I had a whole dissertation on that really damn picture. Yeah. And they called it like slavery and that word, you know, where you just accuse everybody. Right. I do too. Uh, I, I, I definitely do. When I study the scriptures, I, I see that Jesus brings them to a crossroad every time. He never, he never bashes them. He does some people now. Uh, he, you know, he called Peter the devil. He called the Pharisees. You know, um, you know, they, their father was the devil. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. It's because they were worshiping the wrong, wrong stuff. They were worshiping the law instead of God, and so, yeah, it was rough. And you know, in Romans, I was studying in Sunday. I'm sorry, Monday. No, it's okay. But they were talking in there. It was saying that um, people, even though they were working out of their own righteousness, yes, they came up with what you know is not standard, whatever. It is not the righteousness of God. And let's, since you brought that up, let's, let's touch on that. I, I've, I've heard some people, I, I, love, I love when people say, you know, well, we are the righteousness of God. But what is, in context, what does that exactly mean? If we are the righteousness of God, right, as it says in Romans, then if we do wrong, is that righteous? Are we the righteousness of God because we portray the righteousness of God. 
we walk around in righteousness, so we are the righteousness of God. So when we display the God's love and righteousness, people can see God through us, so we therefore are the righteousness of God. See, it can't be backwards, because too many people look at us and, and be like, well, that's not right. Is that how all Christians are? That's why it's so important for us to agree on what the scriptures say and walk in a way that can be above reproach so that they can look at us and be like, well, they're always right. And the only reason I'm right is because I follow the one who is right. It's not that I'm, do what? That's right. Spirit and in truth. That's right. We walk in spirit and truth. That's right. Man. No, it don't. Not all the time. And not every one of us do. There's a lot in here and in, in, in a lot of churches that they walk in a way. I have different people that are, are in different denominations that, man, they love heaven, man. I have some Catholic brothers, man, they, they love God. I mean, I don't agree with their doctrine, but I know they love God. I mean, they, there's no doubt because their fruit shows that they love God. And Jesus says, you know, hey, you'll know them by the fruit that they bear. And see, that's how I judge salvation in a person's life. Because it's not simple by saying, well, I said a prayer when I was seven. Well, that's good. Devils have seen God more than you have. That don't make you saved just like sitting in a chicken pen makes you a chicken. This don't work that way. But Jesus says, Jesus, the qualified one, says, hey, you will know them by the fruits that they bear. What will, be, what will we be judged on? He said, I'm coming back to judge everything you do and what you say you'll be held accountable for. Matthew 15, 9. That's right. That's right. That's right. It is, brother. It is. Man. That's right. Those who continue to the end shall be saved. I love it. It says, Paul says, those continue to the end shall be saved. Because we are set aside, we are made holy in Christ. And I love, it says, even, even, even uh, John, the writer of Revelation, um, he says that, um, let me run to it right fast. I don't want to quote it wrong. Right? So our righteousness is only through Him. 
So as we follow him, the things we do is the righteousness of God because we don't do anything on our own accord but by following him. That's right. So we can't boast in what we do good because what we do good is from him. That's what he's saying. You're right. Oh, yes. Yeah, it is pride. It, it's just that self-seeking. Yeah. Oh, where's that? What's that? It is. Pride. It's um, Revelations 2, and it starts at 12. Is that it? Or is that the... I thought it was Thyatira. Jezebel, Teresa. Here we go. This is the beginning of two. Right? To the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? The words of him who hold the seven stars in his right hand, who walk among the seven golden lampstands. All right. I know your works, your toll, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil good things, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up with the namesake, for my namesake, and you have not grown weary, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. From If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Hmm. Yet this you have. You hate the work of the Nicolaitans, 
which I also hate. Who are the Nicolaitans? That's important. Nicolaitans are the modern-day hyper-grace church. All the time. Means pretty much anything goes. It's it's okay. God's going to cover. Yeah, it's it's not, God is here for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to be gay and be married. God still loves you. It's okay to do whatever. God still loves you. Sure, He still loves you, but guess what? You're still going to hell. Why? Because Scripture says. Hey, if you do immorality, wrong things, debauchery, you love the world, guess what? You're going to hell. So sorry. That's, 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 that's who the Nicolaitans are. And so what, to what do y'all, what do you think remove your lampstands from its place means? Unless you repent. The light of Jesus. Your salvation will be gone. It will be removed from its place. But Jesus says, you know what? These things you're doing, I love them. I love what you're doing. That's what I love about this, man. I mean, he is, he is patting them on the back. Hey, Ephesus, you are doing such a good job. But this thing I have against you, you know? Return your dear first love. Return the, the, to the zealous movement that you had at first. And if you do repent, it's all well. If you don't repent, he is. Absolutely, because God says, "I discipline those whom I love." I I welcome the rebuke. I welcome the correction of life. I welcome these things, and so many because that's part of discipleship. There's. I wish we had all the writings where Jesus got on to the disciples, especially in the younger times. Oh my! There's no telling what what the King of Kings said to them. There is no telling. Peter had the audacity to do what he did to Jesus. <laughs> and, then Peter, and then Jesus smacked him, of course. Hey, Satan, don't you get behind me. You don't have the things of my father in your, in, in your frontal cortex. That's not what's going on. Do you know this, this frontal cortex here? It is the place where the joy is the only thing that does not stop growing in your brain. No matter how old you are. Is your joy. Ain't that beautiful? No matter what, it never stops growing. So when you meet family and, and you develop friends over years and years and years, this thing will always, will never stop growing. The only thing that just will not stop. It's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. And so, um, all right, so we got, uh, we got about 10 minutes, and boy, we had jumped everywhere. I but it was so good, though. Yeah. It ain't fun. It's just good to get believers and, and just talk about things. 
So I'm going to run over. I did run over. So I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to run through what I do in the mornings and how this numbskull starts his day. And I love, I love the, the book of Psalms. And, and, I, and I, really en- I really enjoy David. I really enjoy the heart of David. And so I, I live by a, something that a guy taught me a long time ago. And it's just a simple devotion. And I, and, I, and I solemnly stand by it. And it's called pray, and it's called hear, and it's called obey. And so I take scripture every day of my life, and I, I read it, and I meditate on it, and I pray about it. And I apply that scripture to my life. And I pray, I hear, I obey. And not only do I, I pray and I hear, I obey, I, I meditate. And, and as David says, it's selah, it's to ponder, it's to inquire, it's to sit. It's like the old thinking man. It's just Papa on the front porch in his rocking chair just thinking about life. That ebb and flow that just kind of makes us wonder what, why, why it works, and that's what that means. That's what David means. He he just sat around. He thought about life, and that's how we should look at scripture. And it says, "Blessed." I love it's just Psalms one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers. And I love that. And I just take that and I just let it marinate. And I just soak that in and I pray it. I say, God, don't don't let me walk like the wicked. Don't let me stand in the way of sinners. I don't want to be in the same line they are. Don't let me be a scoffer of this world. Nor about anything. Because, you know, and I have so many other scriptures that run through my brain and I'll just pray. And I'll hear from God and I'll, I'll listen to what he hears. I'll listen to what he says. And I love Habakkuk. He says, I will stand on my guard post. I love that, man. I love how we stand ready to hear from God. Not as just, because the thing about us and or the Old Testament prayers, prayers to, to Yahweh and Everybody other's deity is theirs never answered back. Ours does. Ours has a reply. Ours 
seeks a relationship. That's the thing between our God and theirs. Is our God is alive. Our God is real. And that relationship, that oneness that happens, that maturity over time is when a, when a baby grows and he starts to learn words and builds a relationship with his mothers and, and fathers, not just, not just contact relationship, but an intellectual one, a spiritual one. Just like a newborn baby that's born, they know the voice of their mama and their daddy. Why? It's because they hear it all the time. He don't have to see them to know them. Just like when your kids are born, they know you right off the bat. They know which way to look. Even when that head's just a wobble and they're like, they know it. That's the same way. And I love that about true Christians because Jesus says what? They know me. And they, the ones that are mine, they know my voice. Another validation of salvation and relationship with God. Do we know the voice of God? Do we understand it? Can we hear him in the darkest hours? To me, he really never stops talking. We just have to be in it. Sometimes that's a price to pay. Sometimes it's not easy to shut the world out and to calm everything else down. Sometimes that's difficult. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind. It's, sometimes it's hard. But that's what that point is, is getting alone with God and getting away from everybody else, taking the time and making Him number one, making Him a priority, and just shutting everything else out, and just going and just sitting with Daddy and just being like, let me love on you for a second. Be still and listen. Be his child. Go aggravate him. Go aggravate him till he answers you. I do. Just like my son. Daddy, 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 daddy. But he, he says this in his word. He talks about that. There was a, the, the parable of that old lady. The, the lady, I don't know if it's old. Maybe it's the old lady. Said so she didn't stop. She just nagged and nagged and nagged. Then pray about nothing else. And God says, hey, I was just, I was so done. I just answered a prayer. The same way. And when I want something, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray it over and over and over and over and over again. And that's it. And it's not nagging. We don't, we don't need that. And uh, it's because God loves us. He loves us. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing that he loves us. You know, and I wanted to talk about just for a few seconds, and maybe we'll jump back into this next week too, and, you know, the Lord's Prayer. So many, every, every, everybody knows it's been a Christian longer than, you know, four hours. You know, no, no what is that? Is that Matthew 6? Um, let's jump there right fast. I want to talk about that just for two seconds and then we'll roll. 
Yeah, Matthew 6. All right. And it starts at 7. That's where I'm going to start. When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Talk about the Romans. The Romans just prayed to their gods and just chanted junk all day long. For they think that will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father in heaven knows what you need before you ask him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our, our sins, our debts, or whatever your scripture says. As we also forgive our trespasses. There you go, it's one of them. As ours is forgiven. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he goes on and says, for, you, for if you forgive others the trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not, yours will not. A lot of people leave that one out. So what is Jesus saying here? What is Jesus saying to the disciples? He says, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, and so they may be seen and heard by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret, then he'll reward you. So it gives us an outline. But Jesus was doing more than that here. He wasn't giving them a prayer to pray. He was teaching them to pray. He didn't say, you don't have to say these specific words. But it is a pattern to start off with worship in the Father. Make sure your heart is clean. Pray for the will of God in your life. I love that, that, that this whole thing lines up with the whole sacrificial system. If you look at it deeply enough, they come in with worship. They ask for the will of Father to be done. Hey, how do we do this? We ask for daily bread. Cleanse us of our sins. Teach us not to do it again anymore. How simple is that? Forgive others. Simple stuff. Simple stuff. It's not nothing complicated. right if we surrender everything we have to Jesus he'll do it automatically but we have to surrender we have to throw up our hands and surrender when we walk into his kingdom that's right when we walk into his kingdom when we surrender when we get born again we become citizens of heaven 
that means we have rights that other people do not have. We have the right to the Father. We have access to the King. We have access to His judgment, His judgment call, His righteousness, and His favor. We can walk into the throne room and demand the peace of heaven. We are citizens. That's why Paul had the right to appeal to Caesar. He said, because I paid a price for my citizenship. Paul understood when he became a believer that he had a, a, a right now to heaven. Paul believed that. He knew it. He says, I have access to a place y'all don't have. Why? Because I'm a citizen there. Why are you beating me? Because I'm a Roman citizen. What did that guard do? He got afraid because he knew he was beating a Roman citizen, which was against the law without a trial. Yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> Alan's like, yeah, you did. It's about yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I pray that my house is that way at all all times, and, and I pray and I seek Jesus and I'm. Yeah, you walk in my house and you see what I stand for, because it's on my walls, it's on my refrigerator, it's everywhere. It ain't nothing. You can't come in my house and find the devil. He ain't welcome there. He just ain't. But they shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, they, there's no, no, uh-uh. It ain't allowed. You know, I got this house when it was being built, and I went in there and wrote scriptures before it was finished, and I prayed and took oil, and, you know, I, I didn't want them. Absolutely they do. They sure do. And so I used to go there about once a week, and I used to pray over that thing way before we moved in it, and uh, write scripture on the on on two by fours and cabinet and all kind of stuff. And I just don't tell them what scriptures in there that I have written. It is too. I love it. And that's right. You know, it's uh, it is. That's got to be a gut wrencher right there. That's going to. But that, that was a, I know we kind of jumped all over the place tonight with prayer. Um, but maybe next week we'll hit it up again. Maybe not. We'll see what God wants to do. And and um, if y'all have anything you want me to teach on, throw it out there and I will. I probably got something already. But. Let's pray and we'll finish up. We'll probably keep talking for a minute. 
So, Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that you have simplified prayer. God, that it is just communion with you. Lord, that you just teach us how to pray and somewhat what to pray. We worship you. We thank you for life. We thank you for love. God, we thank you for the forgiveness of sin. God, we are so grateful. So grateful for you. So we bless you tonight, Father. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. My thumb.